My name is Jeremy Devins, and this is the Yoga Teacher Training Podcast, and today I'll be talking about yogic diet. Whether you're a complete beginner to yogic diet or even trying, experimenting with it, you've heard a few things, I'm going to share five key tips to learn how to apply yogic diet to your life to feel better in your body, mind, and spirit, clearer mind, feel better digestion, and this really impacts every area of our life, so it's a really important topic and a big part of what I actually teach in my yoga teacher training, which you might not think is part of being a yoga teacher, but having a good diet has a huge effect on your mood, your emotions, your mind, and how you approach teaching in every area, every other area of your life. So today I'm gonna to talk about sattvic diet, Ayurveda, how to apply Ayurveda to your diet, and what effect foods have on our mind and body, and what foods might be optimal for you to explore and see what works best for your body. Before we get into it today, I'm really excited to say that I started working with B Yogi, who I get my yoga insurance through, but we've partnered together, so now I can save you $10 off your yoga insurance if you're already a teacher, or this is really cool, if you're in teacher training, there's a student insurance that you can get, which is a ridiculous deal. You'll not find a better deal anywhere else. This is $25 to get insurance while you're in teacher training, but it carries over throughout your first year of being a teacher. So if you're in teacher training, you need insurance. If you're gonna be practicing, working with people, you gotta be insured. And this carries over throughout your whole first year for $25. It's a ridiculous deal. So go to quietmind.yoga insurance to get signed up with B Yogi. But if you're already a teacher and you've already got insurance, it's gonna expire soon and you're looking at insurance, you can get $10 off. And really, this is the best deal you can find on insurance as well. And there's a bunch of crazy offers and promos that you get along with it and bonuses, uh, discounts at UPS, for legal counsel, for yoga teachers, uh, for uh, all sorts of different things related to yoga. And if you wanna do a chair yoga training, there's a 50% discount on that. There's a whole bunch of bonuses. You can see it all when you go to quietmind.yoga insurance and sign up with the link there. So you don't need any promo code, just go to that link, quietmind.yoga slash insurance. So for today's episode, the first thing I want to talk about with nutrition and diet for yogis is to really think about how you eat for the effect of how you're eating. So we're eating for prana, for life force. So when we think about prana, usually we think about breathing, because that's the main way we take in life force. So we could go many days without sleeping and survive and still be alive. We can go a few days without eating and still survive and be alive. We can go maybe a couple days without water and we can only go a few minutes without breathing. So the breath is the most important channel of prana that we have. So if we don't breathe, we don't get prana, we die within a few minutes. So the way that we direct prana in yogic practices, because that's so effective and powerful, is primarily with our breathing. That's why you might hear teachers say, you know, yoga is primarily a breathing practice. If you're breathing shallow and restricted, tight, tense breaths, that's not really yoga. You're going to create a more tense physiological response and a more tense state of mind. Now, this is more rajasic. Now, I'm not going to get too far into the gunas today, but we do want to know that there are three gunas. And this is the second point I'm going to make, is that we want to eat sattvic foods. 
So there's rajas, tamas, and sattva. And when we talk about prana, we're bringing in life force and energy, but specifically we want that clear, pure, conscious, awake, alive, energized energy of sattva. Sattva means pure. Rajas and Thomas are not evil. They're not villains. We don't want to never have them, but we don't want to overindulge in them. So Thomas are heavy, slow, dull quality things, not just foods, but anything can be one of these three gunas. And then Rajas is activity and movement and change. And that's like spicy foods, but it's also like dancing and active kind of things. All right, so it's not bad. We just want to know which one we're predominantly focusing on. And ideally aim towards more sattva in our activities, our thoughts, and everything we do uh, in our breathing, but especially in our diet, right? So prana, we take that in through the breath, but we also take it in through the food, right? So we can only go maybe a week or so, several days without eating, Right, so of course, breathing is primary. We wanna make sure our breath is really good, but then the next thing we can do is our diet. And if our breath is out of whack, that's gonna make us make more decisions that are out of whack as well, because like increases like in Ayurvedic principles. So if our breath is shallow and restricted, we're going to tend to want to do things that kind of keep us in that state, maybe subconsciously or unconsciously. But if we do things that bring us into the more sattvic state and we habituate towards that, over time it becomes easier to repeat those patterns. And yoga kind of smooths everything out in a yoga practice or meditation practice where we kind of get a reset button and an opportunity to start over. And then when you leave the yoga practice, especially for me when I started doing it in the morning every day years ago, it's like my my cravings for breakfast changed. I wanted more sattvic foods because I felt the sattvic feelings. I didn't have the words for it at the time, but I felt more clear and light and focused and sharp. And I noticed if I was going to go and eat some certain foods, it would bring that down. And then I'd feel this big heaviness and slowness, the tamas. So then I started craving foods that would keep me in the more sattvic state. And you can go so far in this, like I did, where I was a fruitarian for a few months. I started to have teeth issues and feel spacey and ungrounded all the time. Right? You can go so far in the sattva, it's like you're hardly even in your body anymore. And that's an issue if you're trying to live a householder life in like a normal life in the States where I live or wherever you live. Uh, but if we want to be grounded and practical in the real world and pay our bills and, and do our work, we need some of the tamas, the earth, the stability, the, the grounded, the, the st stable energy of that. We also need some of the rajas, the active, the movement, the focus, the passion, the drive. All right, so we want all of these things, but we want to tend more towards sattva. That's where we're going to feel our best. So when we eat, we want to listen to our body. And this is the third point I want to make is to only eat when you're hungry. So if you're not hungry, your body's not really ready to eat. There's a certain hormone that is secreted that you reach a state of hunger. Your, your belly is really telling your brain, and it's this sort of relationship with the belly and the brain that says, time to eat, right? We need more fuel in the system. But if you don't have that signal and you put food in the system, it's not really going to digest as well. You're more likely to have issues with digestion and bloating, gas, IBS, all these terrible things. So we just want to wait for that spark in the stomach. And all throughout Ayurvedic teachings, 
this idea of agni, the digestive fire. We want to keep the digestive fire burning in the stomach. And when we feel hunger, we can feel that fire is strong and ready for the next thing. Just like a real bonfire, if you just stack, if there's a fire going and you just stack a bunch of logs on top of it, it's going to dampen that fire. And it's going to make, it's not going to have any oxygen, so it'll suffocate and peter out, right? So with the fire in our belly, the same thing. We don't want to just pile on food until we're stuffed and we can barely walk. Uh, and that just dampens out the fire, right? It's just putting too many logs on the fire, essentially. So we want to eat about what we can fit into two hands. So we have our hands like a bowl, uh, pinky sides touching, palms up. And you look at your hand and put that in front of your stomach and imagine you filling that with your food. Now, of course, if you're eating something like a lot of leafy greens, it's going to be a little different because uh, it's not as dense. Uh, and if you're having a bunch of fats, it's going to be different because it's more dense. So we want to balance that out. Of course, we don't want to eat too much fats and we also don't want to eat too much vegetables. That can go, we can go too far in either direction, which was a mistake I made early on in my exploration of this stuff of thinking, well, healthy food is good, so the American way is more must be better, uh, but that's not always the case. So we want the balance, that balance is better, and to eat about what can fit into two hands, uh, palms up, and you only eat when you're hungry. So you feel that agni, that adjusted fire, ready for the next meal, and then you fill up, but not stuffing. And then you eat three meals a day according to Ayurveda. So if we snack in between, that's more likely to douse that fire. Now I find that this is more of a personal preference thing and you wanna really attune to your body and what feels right for you. But if you are having digestive issues, this is something you could explore. And if you're having blood sugar issues, you could explore what foods you're eating at your mealtime, if that's gonna affect your blood sugar differently. Of course, uh, high glycemic index foods are going to have a bigger spike in blood sugar. These are like highly processed flours and sugars and such. So we want low glycemic index foods like uh, sweet potatoes, uh, low GI carbs, oats, things like this. Things that are slower digesting, more grounding. And we'll eat three meals a day, breakfast, lunch, and dinner at around 7, 8 a.m., around noon, and around 5 or 6. And within that, you want to have... Uh, a lighter breakfast, a lighter dinner, and a bigger lunch. So your lunch is your biggest meal of the day. Because that's when the Agni is the strongest and the sun is the brightest. So all of the fire element is strongest all around us, especially if you're being outside a lot. If you're indoors in a controlled climate all day, it's a little different. Uh, but we still, if you're on that sort of average schedule of going to sleep around 9 or 10, getting up around 5 or 6 or 7, then this is going to hold true for you for sure. Uh, you want to have your biggest meal around noon. Of course, if you have a different schedule, adapt it to your schedule. Uh, but then you have your lighter dinner and you have about three or more hours to fully digest that dinner. And this is something Ayurveda has been saying for a long time, but there's a lot of cool recent studies that show this as well. If you get your last meal in three hours or more before bed, so you finish eating at five, and then six, seven, eight, and then you maybe go to bed at nine o'clock. So you've got four hours then when you finished digesting and no snacks, no desserts. I know this is very hard for a lot of people, but your taste buds adapt, your body adapts, 
And it becomes easier to do over time if you find that you do this and you feel mentally clearer. You're not having those midday slumps. You're not feeling as lethargic and heavy. And this was something that I slipped into recently and got back on track of realizing, you know, I was kind of snacking throughout the day, eating a little later. And you can do these things occasionally, you know, it's not the end of the world. But you start to notice the average and the tendency. I started to notice I was getting this early mid-afternoon slump that a lot of people do. And I was looking at what could I improve? Where have I slipped in my diet? And I cut back my dinner. So I was having dinner a little earlier. So I was, I was letting it go late, but now I switched it back to around 5 p.m. Having that three plus hours to digest and not snacking. And then I felt a lot more energized. And I feel that now and I feel a lot clearer and sharper. And I don't have that midday slump like I used to, but still occasionally, you know, I might want to take a nap around one or two or noon. And I think that's totally fine. According to Ayurveda, it's 10 to two is pizza time. So when our fire is strongest, great time to be very productive and have our biggest meal but then we go two to six that's vata time so that's when the vata energy takes over the air and ether element and it's a good time for just kind of laying low taking it easy uh, resting and processing the day and taking a little nap and resetting about 10 to 30 minutes at most uh, is a great time in the day to sort of reset and get your creativity and your thinking sharp because uh, vata benefits from more rest so if you do like to take a midday nap, it's a good idea to do it around two, at latest three. And then you do some more work, have your biggest meal by five or six. Six is the kapha time, so at the latest uh, around six. But if you eat past six, you're more likely to feel heavy and dull and slow in the kapha time. But if you finish before six, you kind of feel this nice, satiated, harmonious resonance in the body. At least what I've found. Uh, because you're entering that kapha time, having just grounded out the vata, and you move into kapha time. And then if you stay up until 10 o'clock, now you've entered pitta time again. So 10 p.m. to 2 a.m., you're in pitta time again. And uh, that's where you might get a second wind, and you might notice that you're suddenly this burst of energy at 10 o'clock uh, because you didn't get to sleep by 10. But if you can get to sleep by 10, your liver can restore its health and uh, replenish itself overnight and your whole body can feel more rested. You'll get deeper sleep in that time. Modern studies have shown uh, between 9 and 12, we get our deepest, highest quality sleep. But a lot of people are not sleeping between 9 and 12 uh, if you're in that rhythm of getting up around 6 or 7. And ideally, getting up by 6 a.m. before the kapha time of 6 to 10 a.m. So if you get up in the kapha time in the morning, you might feel slow, lethargic, heavy, and dull. You sleep in, hit snooze until seven or till eight, till nine, even to 10. When pitta kicks in, you might definitely feel it charge at 10 pitta time. Now it's time to really get up. Uh, but ideally you get up by six or a little before six. So that's the Ayurvedic day and schedule and meal times, morning, noon, and night, and working within the doshas of the clock. So covered a lot of ground here. I know that maybe you're new to all this stuff and it's a little overwhelming. That's okay. It's all inside of my yoga teacher training if you want to check that out at quietmind.yoga. Uh, but this stuff takes practice and time. So just keep reviewing this until it sinks in. I know it sounds like a lot of information now, but it's very simple once you get the hang of it. And we're just working with these cycles of energy in our body and mind. So those are my five suggestions. Again, eat for prana. 
So don't eat just for taste or sweetness or uh, just out of cravings, but what's going to give you life energy? It's probably not going to be sodas and highly processed foods. It's going to be more like whole grains and natural foods and fruits and vegetables. Uh, and if you don't eat grains, great. But if you eat meat, great. But listen to your body, right? Meat is tamasic foods, but we want to eat sattvic foods, right? And I was vegetarian for seven years, vegan for five years, fruitarian for a few months even, and I've eaten meat for the past several years, but now I'm feeling like I need a lot less of that right now in my life. And I switched to eating more sattvic foods and very minimal fish. I'll eat uh, salmon or tilapia, uh, but very minimal because meat is tamasic. And sometimes you need that heaviness and slowness, but you can get it in other ways besides just diet, such as restorative yoga, meditation, things like this. But ideally, we want to eat for sattva, eat sattvic foods. And then the third thing is eat only when hungry. So if you're just like eating out of emotional management and uh, emotional duress, uh, you know, if you, you can do that occasionally again as well. Everything in moderation is, is doable, but if that becomes a habit, that's going to lead to all sorts of imbalances. But if you just wait till you're hungry, which might be you're not quite hungry, but you want to eat something, drink some water, uh, maybe have some tea, herbal tea. And then wait. And even eating, having some herbal tea that has uh, like a little bit of spice to it, maybe ginger tea, would help stimulate the agni, the digestive fire, and give you a little spark to be ready to eat sooner. Then the, have the three meals throughout the day. Again, this is open for you to try. You don't have to do it this way, but if you find that it works for you, then keep using it. So the three meals a day, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, no snacks between. And biggest meal at noon is the last suggestion, but also having your last meal three hours or more before bedtime so you have time to fully digest it. So when you go to bed, you're not still heavy and dull. Your body is done with the main digestion process in the stomach and can allocate its resources for your health and wellness and recovery and all of its restorative and healing processes throughout the night. So hope you found this helpful. This is my approach and what I think are some of the most essential ideas of how to apply a yogic diet to your life. Some of the foods to suggest, of course, fresh fruits and vegetables, ripe fruits, plums, peaches, apples, pears, grapes, berries, cherries, apricots, figs, bananas, melons, pomegranates, raisins, cranberries, uh, vegetables, uh, most mostly seasonal vegetables if you can, fresh stuff, fennel, kale, chard, squashes, cabbage, carrots, sweet potatoes, yams, parsnips, beets, cucumbers, leafy greens, celery, and you're going to want to eat seasonally cooler foods in the cool in the warmer weather and warmer foods in the cooler weather. Then grains like rice, wild rice, quinoa, amaranth, buckwheat, barley, and oats. Small beans like mung beans especially. Mung beans and rice is kitchari, one of the most healing and highly recommended dishes in Indian food and Ayurvedic food as well. So lentils, black beans, sprouted beans are good. Uh, if it's not on this list, then it's not sattvic. So everything I'm saying is sattvic. Uh, homemade yogurt, if you're gonna have dairy and goat's milk, and if you can get, if you're gonna have cow's milk, ideally raw milk. Of course, listen to your body, you know what's best for you. And fats, like ghee is number one. Ghee is the most sattvic fat and ideal. If you can uh, get that or make that, Ghee is phenomenal. 
but uh, if you don't eat dairy, you can do with coconut oil. Coconut meat is good. Raw nuts and seeds, even sprouted and soaked seeds, even better. Almonds, cashews, pecans, walnuts, sesame seeds, hemp seeds, chia seeds, flax seeds, sunflower seeds. And then spices are a big part of Indian and Ayurvedic cooking. Turmeric, cardamom, coriander, cumin, fennel, cinnamon, ginger, and hing. And if you're gonna have tea, herbal teas, ideally no caffeine, uh, licorice, fennel, ginger, these are amazing for digestion if you have digestive issues or any of the other spices I mentioned. And then if you're gonna have sweets, raw cane sugar, raw honey, coconut sugar, maple syrup, so avoiding the highly processed stuff. And this is even better than something like stevia, which is processed uh, to a degree, but more toward, you want more of the raw natural stuff. Raw honey, sugar cane, maple syrup, just simple stuff. Uh, of course, you could do things that are not on this list. You can have anything you want, but you get to decide how you wanna feel. And if you eat more sattvic foods, your mind will be clearer. Right? And then you'll have more mental clarity, more focus, more sharpness, more ability to concentrate and get the things that matter to you done, and less of the heaviness, less of the reactivity of rajas and the anger and frustration and irritation that can come up, less of the heaviness, dullness, slowness, sadness, depression that can come with tamas. So find what works best for you, uh, but you can apply what I shared here. This is a wealth of information, and I hope you find it valuable and apply it to your life. And I'd love to hear your results and your thoughts on applying this. Uh, send me a message at jeremy.quietmind on Instagram. Leave a comment on YouTube and subscribe. Share this with a friend. Thank you for listening, and I hope you have a great rest of your day.